Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, 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 and welcome to another edition of the Niner Noise Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. And here we have a little bit of a midweek bonus episode for you. Uh, so our old friend, uh, Chris Wilson, who was uh, co-host of uh, the podcast for the first couple of seasons, uh, did an interview with uh, Adam Petrus of uh, NFL Next Gen Stats and Zebra Technologies. Um, I talked to him before. Uh, to mem- to somebody uh, with uh, the- with NFL next gen stats and zebra technologies before uh, on the podcast a couple of years ago, but I we, we thought it'd be a good idea to have um, him back uh, to to kind of talk about uh, some of the 49ers rookies and and things to expect from from them and and uh, and that sort of thing. Now I should say this was recorded before the season started, so you won't ha- hear anything about. Uh, how the season has gone to so far. This is just kind of preseason expectations. So without further ado, I will leave it to the interview. So take it away, Chris. So today we're lucky enough to have Adam Petrus from Zebra Technologies here to talk to us about some of the Niner rookies who attended the Senior Bowl this year, as well as some of the Niners who were slowly on their way out the door. (laughs) So Adam, thanks a lot for taking the time to be on the show. Chris, great to be here. Thanks for having me. We've worked extensively with you guys in the past. Yes. And you guys have some fantastic information as far as next-gen stats go that we use on a daily basis. So can you tell me a little bit about what you guys do in, in your relationship with the NFL and, uh, and next-gen? Yeah, you got it. So everybody's familiar with next-gen stats, right? It is one of the cool elements that has evolved over the last few years from a, a public-facing side, and you're seeing it in the broadcast. Well, what's cool for us and for your listeners to know is Zebra Technologies is the official on-field player provider of player tracking. And so what does that all really mean? So we have brought the technology to the NFL, and I'm excited to say that we're going into our ninth season as the official on-field provider of player tracking. And what we're using is RFID technology, radio frequency identification, and we have outfitted every stadium, every NFL stadium that the league plays in. And I should caveat that with one. And that's interesting because we just had the Hall of Fame Bowl here. And um, that's the only venue that is not tracked from an NFL standpoint, because it's really not considered in the stats that come from that game don't play out for the eternity, if you will. However, everything else does. So the games in Mexico City, Zebra tracks it. London, Tottenham, Wembley, we track. Germany this year, we are outfitting that venue with the latest and greatest in Zebra RFID hardware. So it's really cool program, and um, it brings – that is how the NFL is able to tell the story and able to integrate from our real-time uh, location data into the broadcast. 
and really what it is doing is creating the next generation of statistics, right? We're looking at, you know, players max speed. We're looking at the distance traveled per play, distance traveled per game. You're looking at able to automate a lot of the process that for many years was being done, you know, by, by spotters in the press box. Like how many plays did the offensive guard participate in or a linebacker? Now every player is tracked and how we do that is we place RFID tags into the shoulder pads of every player. So all the skill players wear two tags, one in their left, one in their right. And it tells us the orientation. It tells us how fast they're moving. There's an accelerometer. We know then what there's an impact, how fast players were going. So there's some benefits for health and safety. And then of course, for all of us is we're looking at how fast these professional athletes are moving on the field. There's a ball, there's a there's a tag inside the football. And then when it comes to linemen, um, because they get down into that three point stance or a really low two point stance these days, you know, Chris, we end up putting three tags, one on each of the shoulders, the left, right. And then we put one on the back of their shoulder pads so that when they get down, it really helps us triangulate, um, their movement because they're so low. And the way that we have our receivers think about club level, you know, the midway around the bowl in most stadiums, those are all pointed down. We have a total of 24 antennas that are connected to the system that allow us to see in real time, the player movement. And so it's great if from an opening kickoff, and you take that puppy back, let's say, you know, a hundred yard kickoff return, we're able to track every blade of grass that that player's foot, you know, steps on. And so we have the field calibrated. So if a player steps out of bounds, we know when they stepped out of bounds. And by the way, that hundred yard kickoff return was actually 137 yards because of the way that the player zigzagged. And we're telling you that their max speed was 21.87 miles per hour. And the other fastest person on the field was, you know, a half a second slower. So it's some pretty cool stats and some pretty cool technology. So next gen is next gen. It's actual 21st century technology. Took me a second there. Yes, this is the 21st century. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, we're working our way to the 22nd uh, century. But to your point, what's really cool and what we've been able to do and why we've had such a longstanding relationship with the NFL is uh, it's the quality of the data. RFID technology is amongst the best when it comes to athlete player tracking. There are other ways of tracking such as GPS or optical cameras, for example, they're doing some things in the NBA, but it's not as exact and as specific as to what RFID can do. So we're really proud of that. And so the other thing that we've been able to do, and um, it's the form factor of our tag, our tag is really small and it gets embedded underneath the epaulet of the shoulder pad. And what's great about that is that the players, they don't feel it. I mean, these tags only weigh ounces and grams and they don't impact their performance. And that is a big deal for us as well as for the players, right? One, you don't want to, you know, it's like putting a, a shoe on and feeling like there's a little piece of, you know, there's a little speck underneath the insole. And it, that that can just drive you crazy, right? Yeah, I know it sure. does for me. We have, you know, when you're talking about Jimmy Garoppolo, right? And throwing motion, you do not want to have any impact or somebody catching the ball or even being tackled and falling down. And then, you know, you know, busting up a shoulder, right? That just can't happen ever. And it never has, and it won't because we have built our tag to be so small and it's durable, right? It can take impact, but it's not going to shatter or break like some of the other player tracking systems out there. So um, we're doing a really good job. It's a credit to our engineers. It's a credit to the team uh, that has sustained this program for the last uh, eight seasons. It's definitely making the experience of watching football a lot more enjoyable. For example, I was at the Super Bowl a couple years ago when we lost. Yeah, and, uh, I was at that one too. And, uh, and your stats man. were all over the place. Yes. It was really helpful for somebody who's watching the game as a, I mean, I don't normally go around calling myself an analyst, but, you know, I'm an analyst. Yeah, you're an analyst, journalist, fan. Having access to it all over the stadium, every screen and not just on my phone and giving the average fan all that information. I think it's just good for the game as a whole. And one day we'll look back and talk about the crazy days when we didn't have that kind of access to information in the stadium. Yeah. Well, this is sort of evidence that we don't get together beforehand and 
exchange questions because that was going to be my next question is how small is this thing? <laughs> so it sounds like it's really small enough that these players don't notice it. And even when they're mic'd up, they're always forgetting yeah. that they are. Right. So it can't bother them too much. And we're talking about something that's much smaller in this circumstance and they deal with it all the time. So it's just sort of par for the course. It is. So in that it's beautiful that the players, they forget those tags are even on their, um, their shoulder pads. And what's really cool about our solution is, um, and I got to get you a picture. I got to send you a tag. You can share with your listeners on the site. Uh, so think about, take a nickel, think about the size and the width of a nickel, and then something that is less than a half inch thick. So um, that is our, our, our tag. And it has, um, it has a battery and it has then the chip that is an active RFID. So we're dealing with active RFID. And when I say active, that means that, that it has a battery. And so it has a ping rate. And then it also has a battery life. And so what's really neat is that we've developed our software. And the way it works is Zebra is all about we're behind the scenes. So on game day, we come into the locker room there at Levi Stadium. And let's say because <clears throat> you got an East Coast guy on the phone here. And so I'm used to every the one o'clock kicks and then, you know, the 405s. So imagine that we're dealing here with the the 1 p.m. kick and we're showing up at 730 in the morning. We get with the equipment manager and we come in like a, you know, operational military strike force in which we have a job to do. We come in, we touch base with the equipment manager. We have software that tells us everybody on the roster, those who already have tags. And then we start our activation process and we go player by player. So we're going to see, we're going to Danny Gray's locker and we see his tags turn on. And then if we know that there's any sort of, if there's a battery life issue or the ping rate's not healthy after a verify, we go ahead and we take the shoulder pads, we remove the bad tag, we put a new tag in, we assign it to that player, and then they are ready to go. Uh, so it's cool is that the history on this is that there's no batteries to be changed except for very small cases. So when we put a tag in a, in a pair of shoulder pads, Chris, they're there for the entire season. And that way we're not always fumbling around with the player's equipment. The equipment managers don't get annoyed at us because we're always causing issues for them. It's really um, not the story. What the story is, is that we come in, we activate everybody, we confirm, did anybody get promoted from you know reserve to active or off the practice squad? And then that way, when the players take the field, we're always able to get a 48 versus 48, because that's how many you can players you can dress now in the National Football League. So then we have validated our verify, and that way we don't miss one player. Because when you think about it, you can't have the next generation of statistics if you are not tracking every single player of every Every single play. Well, I don't know. PFF has been doing it for a little while, but um, <laughs> or attempting to, <laughs> attempting to, and no, they and they and they they do a good job, and I know they also tap into our data when it's available to them. Oh, that's all me. I'm just always knocking on them. It's sort of an ongoing insideish joke <laughs> about some of their metrics and analysis, and some of it's understandable because they're on a short time frame. Yeah. The game and they need to get their stats out ASAP to the readers. But sometimes when they just like miss a player or yeah, miss an entire play, I'm like, hey, what happened to that one play that was our highlight of the season? What happened to it? Where'd it go? Remember that one Ayuk catch and run and hurdle and touchdown? Yeah. Where first they thought on the field it was a pass, but later the NFL changed it to a run. Oh, right. So PFF just removed it as if it didn't happen. Oh, jeez. And it was like weeks later, and I'm still contacting them. Like, can you please put it back in there? Yeah. Just put the play in so I can run some of these numbers. Comparing him to other rookies and just making him look like he's not as good as he really is. Right. No, come on. All yards matter. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Plus, I mean, the hurdling. My goodness. Can't leave that play out. Do you guys have a way of measuring how close he was from getting tackled? The distance that he jumped over the defender, how close the defender was to him? Yeah, so... Like, what's a man's vertical? <laughs> what's exciting about our solution is the way it works. Think about, um, you know, graphs, right? We we When we calibrate the field, we do an XY 
you know, axis. So you have the the x-axis and you have the y-axis, and that's how we're able to calibrate, you know, down to the blade of grass, the movement of the players on the field. And um, the neat thing is, is that this year we are doing some testing across different venues that have been outfitted where we're now going to be able to measure Z, which is the height. So when a player goes up to, you know, if a player is six foot and his arm, you know, span is three feet, and then we can truly get a sense on what's going on with the vertical and how amazing some of these catches are. Um, and so, as you know, next gen stats did a great job about like probability of catch and, you know, stat that, and they've done a great job, um, as far as, you know, marketing and getting more and more people aware, but we're excited to now start really throwing in some of the, the Z coordinates. So from, you know, the ball throwing to the punting, to the kicks, but really, I think we're all fascinated is to find out, you know, those over the top, the old Eric Metcalfs, as I was growing up in Cleveland, where he would go over the top for a touchdown, you know, it was a former, you know, high jumper and sprinter. That's some really cool stuff, right? Definitely. And to think that somebody's getting, you know, six foot elevation to go over the top is pretty amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So in the future, be on the lookout for hurling stats. But for now, we'll stick with he jumped a lot higher than the defender. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. How much higher? We're not quite sure, but the mission was accomplished. So you guys are the brains behind Next Gen. Do you guys do any of the analysis or do you just give them the numbers and yeah, great question. Their crew comes up with the various advanced statistics. Yep, great question. So our our role with the NFL and our partnership is to is to collect that raw data, and that's what we do. Is we pull the raw data, and we will then integrate with the broadcast as well as. After the game, the, the NFL is tapped into our our feed, but then what we do is we then run reports and we send all of the game data to the NFL. So the NFL, it's an NFL program. They own all the data. Um, we don't have the data scientists um, per se for the NFL game day, but we do is we have a practice solution. So what we've done is we've taken the same technology that we deliver for next gen stats. And then we have gone out to the, the league. And right now we have about a third of all NFL teams use our player practice solution so that they can track all of their movement and all their practices, whether or not it's indoor or out on the outdoor fields. And there, that is where we have a staff that does scrub and review the data, and then we send reports. Um, and that what you know and what I know and what your listeners may or may not know is that, you know, just like we talked, like Next Gen Stats is, has evolved and it's really awesome stuff. Well, every team now has a director of uh, sports science or director of sports performance where they are specifically looking at the game data as well as, and almost more importantly, the practice data for their club, and they're looking at load work management like how many yards is debo samuel putting on during the course of a practice how many times is he reaching his max speed in the course of a workout or a practice and then when it comes to players that are injured this is one of the 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 beautiful things that i love about player tracking and then data analytics is looking at hey what was that player doing when they were 100 healthy on a standard workout, um, either you know running a route or doing their drills, and then they become injured, and you put them on this return to play program, you know, Chris, when they're ready to play again, because we all know they're saying, "Hey, I'm ready to go. I want to make a you know team player. I want to make a contribution. I want to I want to reach my you know player performance bonuses." Well, you know, as they say, you know, the data doesn't lie, right? You know, you may look like you're back, but the data says you're still, you know, a, a, a step off where you should be. And so we need to continue the return to play protocol. And you beat me to it again. <laughs> I was like, oh, that must be great for injuries. So yeah, how about you just ask your own questions and I'll just like, <laughs> go home or something. <laughs> You've obviously done this before. <laughs> well, now that our listeners know about the heart and soul, the brains behind the operation, can you talk to me a little bit about... The 49er rookies, you have data on from the Senior Bowl because I believe we had a few attendees. Yeah. That you had the opportunity to track. You did. Yeah, you did. You've got about three um, that come to mind right away. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of them is Danny Gray. Yeah. And let me just state so we have been the official partner of the Reese's Senior Bowl since 2018. So this is a really cool initiative in the sense that. 
you know, for the senior bowl is probably, you know, right now the marquee bowl, in my opinion, for players uh, being highlighted in an all-star game. You have East West Shrine, which by the way, Zebra tracks that. You have the HBCU all-star game, which I'm happy to announce that next year Zebra will be um, tracking that game as well. So we will track all three all-star games, which is really cool because the NFL, all the teams get the data. And then we as fans too, can kind of see what uh, that performance looks like, you know, peer against peer in an all-star game. But um, the senior bowl has been a great partner and I've got to give credit to Jim Nagy, their executive director. He is really thinking, and he talks about, you know, the draft starts in mobile. Well, we've been adding that data analytics piece of the player tracking since 2018. So we go back and we've been tracking some really, you know, performers now in the NFL, right? Like Debo Samuel, um, just like your, your quarterback of the Buffalo bills, you got Baker Mayfield. So it's cool to be able to look at what they did in the senior bowl from a tracking standpoint, and then how they compare against their contemporaries from 2018, all the way up now to 2022. But, um, when it comes to the 49ers, you know, I look at, you know, Danny Gray and I've been watching, you know, your content online as well as some of the news clips and what's going on there. And perhaps we'll talk about Garoppolo here in a little bit, but certainly congratulations on getting, you know, Debo signed. Um, but Danny Gray, right? This is one fast dude. And <laughs> when I say fast, right, I think he, he ran, um, you know, he ran a quick 40. Uh, when he was at the senior bowl on the offensive side of the ball, he was the fastest player from the offense running at 22.01 miles per hour. Now to eclipse into 22 miles per hour, you are fast. Um, he's third all time, just trailing Terry McLaurin and Traquan Smith, both ran 22.14 miles per hour. So we're not talking a a lot of difference, um, but just to give you a reference, right? Like James Washington of the Cowboys, he ran 21.84 miles per hour back in 2018. Uh, Valus Jones, who I also saw at the senior bowl just last year was 21.75. And then Van Jefferson, which we were talking about earlier at the Rams, he was 21.05 miles per hour. So look, these are some fast players across the league and going into the league. So that's, <laughs> yeah. we all know that Danny Gray can be a great weapon for you guys. I think you got him in the third round. Uh, he was pick 105. Yeah. And um, he's also got the ability to sustain his acceleration, which it, it makes a difference, right? You know, in all fast things, to win a race or to beat somebody, it all, It's all about a step. So his max acceleration is, and this is his ability to sustain his max acceleration for number of yards. And he's able to do that for 5.07 yards. So five yards, he's hitting that 22 miles per hour. And that's blazing fast. Mm-hmm. And you think about, you know, this is a game of, we used to say this is, you know, this is a game of, uh, you know, you know it's a yard and a dust, a cloud. Well, no, this is a game of inches. And when you can do that in the National Football League, you can make a difference. Um, so he was third among all the wide receivers in 2022 at the Senior Bowl, and he's 10th among all players um, in 2022 overall. So he's doing some, uh, and this is just for the max acceleration side of it all. So to throw out some other names and for comparison, Cedric Wilson of the dolphins, uh, he sustained 5.24 yards, which, um, again, just a little bit, a little bit further. Um, but Christian Watson of the Packers, Hunter Redfro, the Raiders, um, for example, he was at 4.884 yards. So I am very happy. Um, and I'm, I'm pleased you guys picked up Danny Gray. I think he's got great potential. I know there's some questions perhaps about his uh, his hands and, and catching that ball and the percentages there. Uh. But overall, um, and I know, you know, look, when you're fast, the hamstring is always going to be on people's minds, right? From an injury standpoint. Yes, so certainly, you know, the 49ers trainers need to treat him uh, like a thoroughbred or a Formula One race car and make sure that that engine and that those hamstrings are going to. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corian's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corian.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corian.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done be ready to go well the hands are a non-issue because we normally hand off to our wide receivers <laughs> but the Niners offense at least for the last couple of years we've sort of required a speedster of some sort not necessarily that fast because we I don't think we've had that fast outside of our backfield taking the top of the defense sure. and opening up the middle of the field has been key and Richie James has been the guy who's played that role and He's always on the field, but he's never seen the ball come in this way and doing a lot of running and not a lot of catching. Last year, without James, Ayuk was performing that role in the first half of the season, but he's not really that speed separation kind of receiver. So he pretty much did nothing over the first half of the season. And as soon as they transferred that job over to... Benjamin and Sherfield, then we got a lot more of good Ayuk over the second half of the season. And of course, with Benjamin at this point in his career, as well as Sherfield in general, they're basically decoys. <laughs> yeah. And to have a guy like Gray that you know, you know, can take it to the house on any play. And, you know, it's the kind of guy that the safeties just hate <laughs> when they line up in the slot and they know they're going deep. So I oh, man, 100%. Him, yeah, I see him having, you know, he, he might not have the stats that you would want for a, a wide receiver you pick up in the third round, but the impact that he's going to have on the other wide receivers, it's going to be a nice little upgrade, especially with a quarterback who likes to sling it and will be allowed to sling it. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. I'm excited to see how he's going to be utilized. And I think, you know, you look at, you got Danny Gray, you got Debo Samuel out there and look, you know, what we saw with, you know, Tyree kill and the Kansas city chiefs and his ability to create separation after the play was busted, right. Is, is deadly. And if Danny Gray can, can use his speed uh, to, you know, <laughs> be cheetah like in the sense that, either on a direct play or really when the play is busted is to be able to find himself open when everybody knows that you should be covering Tyree kill. He is always able to find some separation. So I'm excited to see how, you know, Danny gray will mature into the offense, how he gets utilized with the rest of the receiving core. Uh, and then of course, you know, comes down to your new quarterback being able to hit him between the numbers. Oh, we're just hoping he throws in this general direction. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's baby steps here. <laughs> it's baby steps. Well, hey. Yeah, but he's definitely going to have some plays to break down with our offensive line. So I think he's going to be running for the side. I, I think so. A fairly regular basis. So hopefully Danny Gray is one of those guys that he connects with. So let's talk about protection, right? Let's talk about the guard that you picked up out of Texas San Antonio, Spencer Buford. Oh, yeah. Let's hear it. So he was a round four pick. Um, so we talked linemen, right? The, the speeds aren't as not as um, shocking. So his max speed is 12.67 miles per hour. And uh, amongst those at the senior bowl, he was 16th among the offensive linemen. So to give you some reference points, um, you know, Trevor Penning out of the saints, he ran 15 miles per hour. So 15 to 12 is a big difference, right? You're winning that race or you're going downfield and you're blocking somebody Zion Johnson chargers, 13.59 miles per hour. And then uh, <laughs> Ben Schwagel from the commanders, you know, very comparable common spelling. Yeah. Common, common spelling. spelling. Make sure we get that in the notes. Um, he was 12.23 miles per hour. So fourth round pick max speed, but you know, he's got blocking ability and um, you know, max acceleration again, not as sexy 3.6 yards at that speed of 12.67 miles per hour. So he's, he's got the size in the sense of um, six, four, uh, that makes a difference, right? You make, as long as the quarterback can get the ball over his head uh, when he's blocking for you, but a big body at six, four, 304 pounds, um, you know, he, for a big man at 12, at 12 miles per hour, almost 13, that's moving. So, you know, I give him a grade of, of, of a B um, in the sense of where he stacks up based off of his size and his athletic ability. And then of course, you know, speed and duration. So, um, We'll see how he how he does and, you know, keep the knees healthy and um, hopefully he'll do his job and protect the quarterback. Yeah, because we definitely have a lot of questions on our offensive line and not a lot of answers. <laughs> and well, I, I think right now we have Aaron Banks, who I assume is not running yes. 12 miles an hour anywhere. Maybe, maybe <laughs> to like the local McDonald's. Oh. That kid, that kid. I love you, Aaron. Just please block better. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> so... Yeah, if we have a interior a fair request. Yeah, interior lineman who can play, he's probably going to play. And if Burford is that guy, then then he is that guy. And talking about offensive lineman and speed, you wouldn't think that it's important, but it's actually very important. It's you know one of, one of the more important metrics as far as what they look at at the combine and and you know the, the stats that you have. So it is something that's important. So you said that he was three point six yards at max speed. Yeah, so his um his max acceleration as far as sustained was 3.6 yards. Okay. Yeah. So he was able to sustain that that top speed for 3.6 yards. I'm sure you've watched a lot of, a lot of Niner games and a lot of our running game is well prior to last year, well prior to last year, prior to Debo, has been home run hitters. I think we had the fastest player in the NFL three years in a row and they're all running backs our team. So yeah, it's sort of a running scheme where it's you're hitting in, into a brick wall one or two times, and then you're taking the next one to the house. <laughs> so that's getting it. Getting downfield no, and blocking story. is uh, it's very important in Shanahan's uh, offensive scheme. So there was a, another lineman as well as uh, Spencer who was at the Senior Bowl, correct? Yes. Yep. We are. Yep. We also were tracking uh, Nick Zuckel. Did I get that? pronunciation oh, don't right? ask me man <laughs> <laughs> nick Zuckel? Yeah, it's funny because i do more reading about these guys than i do listening you know to their names so i usually just make up names for them <laughs> or just call them by this number that works it works all right so hey here is your round six pick at 187 um he's 6'6 316 pounds played at fordham so think about this he's got two extra inches on spencer buford and he ran almost equivalent time of 12.46 miles per hour so almost 12 and a half miles per hour so whereas spencer was 16th among the offensive linemen in 2022 at the senior bowl nick came in at 19th um so he's he's right there in the mix and um, what I like about him is he's a big boy, right? He is a big body. Um, the speed for a big guy, he's right there amongst the average. 
Um, and then that max acceleration was very similar. He actually, he was right there as well. He was at 3.59 yards. So just a little over three and a half. Uh, and, and that's basically where, you know, Spencer Buford was too. So, uh, when they do gassers, they're going to be right next to each other running about the same speed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, Just keep Trey alive. I'll really hear about, it. you know, again, to your, to your point, it's, Offensive linemen protecting the quarterback, opening up holes on this offense is going to be key to their success. Um, so we'll see how everybody uh, evolves and in, in, in how these guys fit into the schema uh, there under Shanahan. But, you know, they got the size. It comes down to, you know, I think also athletic ability. It speaks to their credit. They are at the senior bowl, some of the best in their positions. I think, you know, getting him at round six was about right. And now we'll have to see how he does um, as he enters the big boys here and goes into the season. As much potential NFL talent we can get in any of the offensive line positions, we definitely need it. That was one positive. Garoppolo was pretty good about getting the ball out when pressure was coming because pressure was often coming from all directions other than Trent Williams. <laughs> if you would run transitioning into uh, current players, I guess that Debo is sort of the big topic of conversation you know, across all of sports media, especially I would agree. with San Francisco. Do you have anything interesting as far as Debo's yeah. advanced stats and Absolutely. the speed at which he's running and his ability to be the chief uh, yak brother between our uh, our three yak bros. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what. So Debo Samuel, I mean, we could spend half the show just talking about his athletic ability. I wouldn't and- <laughs> mind. That's cool. Um, and we can talk about on the field, off the field, um, activity, but let's, uh, let's stick with on the field, uh, at least in, in my lane, um, <laughs> Debo Samuel wide receiver running back. What should I call him? Right. Um, he is an absolute weapon and he led the NFL with, uh, 448 plus yards after the catch over expectation. Right. Um, uh, we had, we've got all these new, you know, metrics that we're measuring against, and this is, you know, his credit of being able to make things happen after, uh, after the catch, after expectation, right? And that's how all this data analytics plays into how these are formulated. But this is basically the ability to create more yards after what should have been a stop. And so he's at, he also led the NFL with 5.2 yards after catch um, over expectation per reception. That's significant. So not just 5.2 yards after reception. Yeah. 5.2 yards over expectation. Over expectation per reception. So, you know, you look at it. He he led the NFL with 10.4 yards after catch the yak per reception. So this guy is, you get the ball into his hands. He is likely creating um, forward progress in, in moving the chains. So I... I love him as a weapon, whether or not he's catching the ball downfield or behind the line of scrimmage. Um, he is an absolute weapon. And um, there's, you know, we've got some great reference points. And if you go back to that NFC championship game, you know, he recorded 46 yards after catch on a 44 yard TD that was caught behind the line of scrimmage. He gained, yeah, he gained yeah, 35. I mean, you know you're talking yeah. About. It was an amazing <laughs> play. And on that play, by the way, he reached 20, Point three five miles per hour, which was the fastest speed of the week and his second fastest speed of the year as a ball carrier. Because there's two different types of speeds out there. There's ball carrier speed and there's non-ball carrier speed. And oftentimes we see the fastest player on the field is a defensive player yeah. who is playing catch up to tackle somebody because they got beat. Yeah. DK Metcalf knows all about that. Yes, yes, he <laughs> does. You know, having to carry the ball with you and not holding it like a loaf of bread. It does slow you down a little bit. It alters your running form for full performance. So um, look, when you, in your national football league and you get over 20 miles per hour, you are um, amongst separating yourselves from everybody else onto the field, minus a small fraction of people. Yeah. When he you know, gets the ball and gets past the initial uh, line as a running back, or if you know, he's hit on a slant or a, or a skinny post and you see fast cornerback and a fast safety converging on him and it, you just know that he's going to, he's going to split them and take it for six is you know, something I haven't really seen too much of in the NFL. And I mean, it's not like he was slow <laughs> when he ran the 40, um, you know, before he was drafted, but he has a little bit of that cherry rice in him where 
you say much faster player like on the field when the game is played as opposed to you know in his underwear during the combine he had the most yards per catch per reception and the most yards per catch over expectation per reception that's right how far is he away from the number two guy I don't have that right in front of me. Um, oh, no, that's fine. I, I can look it up. <laughs> so I can circle back with you on that. But just just know that he is he's delivering the goods for sure. Yeah. yeah. My understanding from looking at it, it was a pretty large discrepancy <laughs> between him and the rest of the pack. And, you know, when you're mentioning um, Tyreek Hill is a cheetah, I always take issue with that because, <laughs> you know, he's never actually the fastest guy in the NFL. But, you know, thinks that he is. <laughs> yeah. True. So, but he's I so mean, he's quick. obviously extremely fast, you know, and, and extremely good. Extremely fast. He's quick. He's got fast feet and he's able to separate, yeah. you know, create separation, which, by the way, you know, Devo Samuel, very, <laughs> he's right there with him, right? He's generated the most separation among wide receivers, which is 4.5 yards. So you get down the field and you can create 4.5 yards, you're going to get the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's what you need. And you're pretty sure that your quarterback's going to be looking at you anyway. All we can really hope is that he continues somewhere near what he was doing last year and i'm sure you guys have looked at it but as soon as they brought him into the backfield is when they started being a competitive super bowl worthy team which they really weren't before then i i tend to agree yeah no i absolutely tend to agree he also has the the hard running style which you don't really expect from a wide receiver and you know he has experience playing running back in the past but just the ability to take it to the house is something that the 49ers need in a running back. And although you'd expect it from Mitchell, it's not something that we've you know, received from Mitchell so far. So as much as I want to talk about Debo all day long, <laughs> you probably have other things to do. So <laughs> if you wouldn't mind, I'd like to transition to... Jimmy G? <laughs> yeah, you beat me to it. I had a couple of adjectives, but um, Jimmy G. We'll just call him Jimmy G. So he is currently on the 49ers roster. He is officially a NFL backup quarterback. No reports yet about whether he received an actual playbook, despite being sort of with the team the entire preseason. And just the optics of the whole situation during practice. It's so sad. They show these pictures of everyone practicing and he's there because I don't know yeah. why he's there, but he was. He's there at practice throwing the ball up to himself like the kid who doesn't get to play on the sideline in the pickup game. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, he's, yeah, put, yeah. Put me in, coach. <laughs> As he collects his paychecks. <laughs> yeah, there is that. All his $100 bills were wet with tears. <laughs> so talk to me about Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he good? Is he great? Does he suck? <laughs> <laughs> is he the worst quarterback in the history of the world? <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it depends who you ask, but you are asking me. So let me start with just a few you know, data points, right, for old Jimmy G. Um, so Jimmy Garoppolo is tied for the third lowest air yards to the sticks, you know, averaging at a negative 1.9. So there's that. He's tied for the ninth most average completed air yards at 5.9 yards. He's tied for sixth lowest average intended air yards at 7.4. Now, he threw into a tight window on 15.6% of his passes, which is middle of the pack. And then he's tied for the seventh highest completion percentage over expectation uh, at a plus 1.2%. So, all right, these are some some unique. Yeah, he totally contradicts himself. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. Until you look at his situation and who he's throwing it to. But the stats on their face make absolutely no sense. But the players around him are the ones that make those stats. So I totally agree. Sorry for the interruption there. But go ahead. You know, you can throw data points out, but then you need some context behind him, right? You need to look at what was his protection yeah. like? What was the, the route tree at the time? Who was the defense? Um, so, I mean, overall, you have an aggregate of, of data, but then there's context to it all. Here's my thing about Jimmy G is, you know, it's all about driving the team to wins. You're the quarterback. You you need to be the on-field general and you need to put your team in a position to win. I see that Jimmy at times has been able to do that. And um, I'm not there in the market where I, where I see everything about Jimmy G. But at the end of the day, I think there's a lot of variables that go into play and of his performance and how he impacts uh, a ball club. Um, 
so I think the jury's still out overall on what his legacy or his story looks like. I know there was a lot of uh, expectations for him when he arrived. Certainly came with a large, um, you know, bankroll. But um, it's unfortunate where things are now, and it's going to be interesting to see how things develop for him. Um, you know, real quick, the thing about Jimmy G, he's been in the league, you know, a long time. Uh, he's got some Super Bowl rings with the Patriots. With Next Gen Stats, one of the unique things that, uh, you know, he would do early on in the program is the NFL didn't have a great campaign about sharing what our program was about. And um, he, we would find in the first part of the season, Jimmy Garoppolo was actually taking the the tag outside of uh, his throwing arm of the shoulder pad. And uh, we would find it left in the locker room when we should be tracking him <laughs> on the field. So we only had one on one side. Like, where is this guy? <laughs> we're like, he was like coming in and out. And we're like, we still see part of him and left in the locker room. So we eventually got with Jimmy and the equipment manager and we educated him on the program. And what we did is we ended up relocated his tag to the back portion of his shoulder pads where we still had optimal tracking, but it was just kind of a, a funny um, experience with Jimmy where uh, he wasn't sure what the NFL was trying to do to him. And so he was getting rid of, he didn't realize that he didn't check the other side that we had a tag there too, but um, we eventually got over that hurdle and we made things happen. That's funny. So he just took it, it was bothering him in his throwing motion or he's just like, what on earth is this? <laughs> yeah, no, it's just to think somebody brought it to his attention and he saw it. It, it wasn't impacting him, but he's like, I don't want this on my throwing side. Even though it had but been in there. He's just worried he's going to break it with how hard he throws the ball. Exactly. Exactly. That is a funny story. So now I guess you know how hard he throws the ball. We do. We, we do. We, we do. We do have that accelerometer data. And so we can actually do the comparison between his throws, a Tom Brady throw, Aaron Rodgers. And I don't have that info in front of me today. Uh, but if you or your, your, your listeners go to the Next Gen Stats oh, web page, you guys good. should absolutely, and I know you get in there all the time, is take a look at that and um, you'll see um, all the all the comparisons and you can take, get a little more context about what's going on with uh, Jimmy G's performance over the last few years. It's a great thing for some of our fans to do and should be doing as opposed to complaining all the time. And uh, it makes for a more educated fan base, which the Niners occasionally have a problem in that category. So yeah, I I recommend they uh, spend as much time as they can with the next gen stats. And we'll see what he does uh, the next place he goes. And my feeling with him is if he goes, to a team that lets him throw the ball that we're going to be sorry that we gave him up for nothing. Sort of sad the way that we treated him. Yeah, and, I do uh, agree. I think we got two second round picks for Alex Smith. And Alex Smith is Alex Smith. With Garoppolo, you would expect to get more. Right. So it wasn't handled very well. No, um, it wasn't, unfortunately. Was by the front office, I guess no. But it's sad. I do have a Jimmy G jersey, which will have to be retired along with all the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, it had a decent run. It took you to the playoffs yeah. and, and deep down. But that's the world we live in with sports, right? You know, here today, gone tomorrow, and can't rest on your laurels and uh, always looking towards that next uh, opportunity. But I'll tell you, Chris, it's been great talking with you today. I've got to run, um, but I hope we can do this again uh, perhaps later in the season. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime that... You can come on and I can figure out what time zone I'm in. Then we will <laughs> <laughs> We would definitely uh, love to have you on. So really appreciate Fantastic. your time. And is there anything you want to um, pitch or is it basically just that you guys are great in changing the way that we analyze football forever? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's, um, yeah, it's going to be exciting season and you got Amazon coming in, but um, look for the next gen stats, go to that website. And then the other thing about Zebra, what the cool, really cool thing about Zebra is that Chris, you and your listeners interact with Zebra all the time and you don't even realize it, but we're a leader in RFID technology and barcoding and scanning. So when you go to places like Target, your grocery store and you check out or you get a inventory management solution, uh, that's our, those are our hardware, our hand, our hardware. We call them Zebras in the wild. <laughs> so if you go to your favorite stores or checkouts, you're oftentimes seeing Zebra RFID scanners or barcode scanners. And when you get, you know, a, a same day delivery at your house from uh, one of those big uh, delivery firms. They're usually using our handheld devices to track the location of that package and can and send you that email that it was delivered. NFL wasn't enough for you guys, huh? I feel like <laughs> <laughs> That's it. 
It's a it's a global it's a global takeover for Zebra. All right, Chris, I really enjoyed it. I look forward to the next time. And hey, to all the 49er fans out there, go Niners. All right, I like it. Thanks a lot, Adam. I really appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Enjoyed it. All right, big thanks uh, to Chris uh, for uh, bringing Adam and that interview to us. Um, that was that was really cool to to listen to all those things that uh, he had to say. Um, and uh, looking forward to hopefully some some of the good news coming uh, in spite of all the negative things that have been happening in 49ers land over the last uh, couple of days. Um, hopefully, if you haven't already, please uh, check out our um, post-game pod uh, from the Seahawks victory uh, from uh, earlier in this week and uh, be on the lookout for a preview pod for the Week 3 matchup in Denver against Russell Wilson and the Broncos. But until then, thanks for listening uh, to this episode of the Niner Noise podcast, part of the fan-sided podcast network. Please continue to check out NinerNoise.com for all your latest 49ers news and analysis, and be sure to rate and subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. And of course, share it with all your fellow 49er fan friends. So until next time, let's sound the horn, 49ers. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.